This is the Stay Healthy Experience. I'm Robert Ferguson. Join my co-host, Miss Barbara. Hey. BK, Chris, and the man all the way where Santa Claus lives, Mr. (laughs) Daniel Ball. Hey, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) And today is, uh, actually, I'm very excited about today because I believe that selling a house, buying a house Mm -hmm. can be one of the most joyful, Mm -hmm. but yet stressful experiences anyone could find themselves, you know, dealing with. And yeah. so I asked these two amazing professional uh, ladies to come in and share with us insight uh, about real estate. Awesome. About the home. And so we have yeah. Katie. Hello. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And we have Monique. Thank you for being here. Yes, thanks. Me. And, you know, I didn't uh, ask Monique, but are you a boxing fan? I know uh, we started talking about it. <laughs> not really, but I watch. I do watch the, the boxing ring sometimes, the mm-hmm. competition. I do. Oscar De La Hoya, back in the day, that's what all began. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. East LA. <laughs> I mean, Oscar De La Hoya, his story to me is amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of it that no one really talks about it. Mm-hmm. And that is that his mom died, or he won the gold medal for his mom, oh, who I died, I believe, I as a result of breast cancer. Oh, I didn't know that. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. yeah very emotional moment. Uh, did it for mom. Aww. And uh, he went on to do extremely well. Oh, you guys that. would have loved to have sold a house to Oscar De La Hoya, right? <laughs> now, I got to say, I got to say, as you watch this on a monitor, it should be pointed out that Monique and Babs are not related, even though when you watch on the monitor, you might think so. See, oh, he, so he's funny. saying that you guys look that's like sisters. Yeah, they, it, they, yes. uh, they said that downstairs as well. Wow. Well, I guess there's a lot of postmen running around. I know. Who's our mailman? <laughs> Mom? And, of course, Daniel, good, good pointing that out, Daniel. We appreciate that. <laughs> but seriously, so let's start with Monique. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, some background, and then we'll move on to Katie, and then we'll open up for conversation. Okay. Well, um, I've been in real estate for 16 years. Um, before that, I was in health as health specialist for a health education company but they had me teaching classes to pregnant ladies which I love being outdoors which I realized I want to be around people like being out versus inside Mm -hmm. so I ended up getting into real estate at age 30 whatever like 31 and I never looked back Um, I think with real estate you can make such a difference in people's lives hopefully on the positive side first-time buyers move up buyers but you feel like you're making an impact and the beauty thing the beauty about real estate is not one client is the same there's Mm -hmm. different personalities it's never boring it's exciting and you know you can kind of like grow from even their experiences so as a realtor I've made friends with some people that are now like lifelong friends and you know and you meet other realtors as well and I've been friends (laughs) with realtors for going on 20 years as well because they're in the same industry so um I think with with real estate there's so much adventure it's a lot of you know it can be a little bit crazy at times because you don't know you know if the deal is going to close or not sometimes you work for free but Mm -hmm. I think if you really love it you just get through it and even the the hard times back in the day back in 2007 I mean everything went really bad but I just kept with it because it's really about if you love what you do you're just you're gonna excel you can't do it for the money you really do it for the passion mm-hmm. and um, California I mean people keep moving down here so it's always it's constantly busy I mean I'm always I have fortunately I've been fortunate to have clients that still come back to me over and over going on 10 years and in mm-hmm. that to me is so humbling I mean I really appreciate that the trust and a realtor can only be as successful 
as long as their clients are happy and you do an amazing job for them. So yeah. um, I've been blessed enough to be in this business for a long time. Thank God. Would you say that the, the American dream is still alive as far as people wanting to have their first home? Oh, absolutely. I mean, with the rent going, it's so expensive nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know the rent. I mean, the keep, rent keeps going higher. And then yeah. um, you have to live with, you know, neighbors that are keep moving in and out with your home. It's your own home. And sometimes a mortgage payment can be just as maybe a bit by, to maybe $500 more than your rent, but it's so worth it because you own your home and and you can feel like it's more prideful, it's more integrity, you have your own home. Nobody can tell you what to do. They're, they can't raise a rent on you. They can't, you have landlords, you know, telling you what to do, what not to do. So the pride of ownership is so huge, you know, I think in general, people still want to own their own home regardless. Okay. Yeah. Would you yeah. agree, Katie? I would, yeah, I, I mean, I, try not to focus on worst case scenario, but I tell my clients that are Mm -hmm. scared. I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, you know, you need to pay for your kid to go to college or you get a divorce or there's a death in the family, you can sell your house. Right. You know, and then Mm -hmm. it's going to give you some financial freedom in doing that. Mm -hmm. So. And and how long have you been doing real estate? So I've been in real estate for seven years now. I got, um, I got my degree in fashion merchandising and I worked in the fashion district for a while. And then once I became a mom, um, I didn't want to work 40 hours a week anymore. Mm -hmm. So I sat down with myself and really thought about what I wanted to do. I wanted a job where I could work my own hours. I'll work 50, 60 hours a week, but I want to be able to do it on my own schedule so I can take my kids to school without somebody saying you were four minutes late to work today. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to make enough money to support me and my family, and I wanted to wear what I I wanted (laughs) to work, honestly. I didn't want to wear a uniform. I didn't want somebody telling me to wear to work. Um, And I found that in real estate, and it's it's been really great. So I can't complain. Hey, Daniel, yeah, I, I mean, you're, Dan, you're the kind of guy. Have you ever played a real estate agent in a movie? <laughs> um, I have played a real estate person in a movie, yes. Oh. See, I knew that. If you do 150 movies, you yeah. got to be a vampire at least once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? well, he was just a car salesman, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> just recently. Yeah, were you yeah. A, yeah, tell us about that, Daniel. Were you, were you a car salesman? Um, I just did a cross You know, I had an interesting perspective given to me, and this may not be um, the most popular amongst real estate agents, but there was a bill of rights sold to us by the United States government and the banking system hundreds of years ago that the American dream was to buy a home and to own a home. But in some ways, you have to question that mm-hmm. because you, you, you inherit a responsibility and a payment of 30 years in order to own a home. And, and uh, the, the question mathematically is, is that worth, the, is that worth it? Is mm-hmm. it worth it to do that? Well, it's worth yeah. it if ultimately you can sell it, right? You guys both yeah. kind of yeah. touched the goal on that. Is, so people are waiting longer and longer to buy houses. But say you buy your house when you're 30, then it's paid off when you're 60. You're in retirement. You don't have a house payment anymore. Like, mm-hmm. that's the goal, you know? So that's, that's kind of where my parents are right now. They're like, we're not going to have a mortgage payment. We're good. Mm-hmm. So... See, I like that. Yeah. And it's also something you can leave for your kids, right? Yeah, true. You can always, if you decide to, you know, move somewhere else, you can rent out your home. You can rent it out to other people. So you're getting rental income. So it's better to have options and not, you know, if you if you rent something and you your ch- life changes, you get married or you become an empty nester, yes, then you can leave. But with owning, you can leave and still rent out your home. So mm-hmm. you have more mm-hmm. options. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the face like? Like, what does a person look like today? that is actually buying a house. And, and let, me, let me preface that by saying, I did work in uh, the state of Tennessee with food banks. 
and the people who would come and get food subsidized mm-hmm. didn't look like who I thought I would see. I saw people driving up in the Lexus, what? Mercedes, mm-hmm. because when you hit hard times, yeah, you got oh, the nice true. house and yeah, you got the nice car, right? but you got to eat. True. And yeah. so, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, what yeah. does the face look like today mm-hmm. of the people who are buying? Because I know in 2005, 2006, yeah. when people were buying homes like crazy, right. <clears throat> the face looked like everybody. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I was meeting people working, coming out of a uh, strawberry field. Oh yeah, I'm buying a house tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get like, well, I've gotten different clients where I've had clients where they, a doctor, he drives, you know, a very economical car and he's buying a million dollar home. You know, their priorities are, you know, it's not about cars, it's about a nice house. Then I have other clients that have Porsches and BMWs and they're buying something more, you know, mm-hmm. something they can afford, you know, maybe a condo or a townhome. So really, and they all, I really believe it's just a person's lifestyle. Um, but for what I've seen, I've seen lots of people like spend a lot of money on cars, mm-hmm. be, you know, heavy in credit, debt, and they, they don't have the buying power that they wish they could have mm-hmm. because they have all these toys or, you know, then you have people who live very carefully, very, you know, they just not, they don't save really well and they don't drive the fancy cars and they, they can afford up to two mil, mm-hmm. right? It's all right. about how they manage their, well, and I've seen it, I've seen it all. I think it's pretty impressive yeah. how people save and, you know, they don't you have said to have priorities. Like a, yeah, what? they don't have to have like a, you know, high income, salary but they mm-hmm. sure can they know how to make it happen and i've seen it right. oh, i have yeah. to ask i just want I, I ask this of a lot of people or realtors when i come across them is do you find that when people who live in california are there a lot of people moving out and looking outside of california because i feel like there's a lot of my friends that i see on facebook when they move they're they're moving out of yeah. california we yeah. do we have seen that a lot so a lot mm-hmm. of californians are moving to idaho Idaho's really popular. Colorado mm-hmm. was really popular. Mm-hmm. Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> we like Idaho. What about Syracuse? <laughs> this is yeah. Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. You can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard that. And mm-hmm. so like last year, actually around this time, I sold my house. Mm-hmm. And so um, and it could have been extremely stressful. I worked with an agent, obviously, and she was great and really helped me through the process because it actually was um in as a as a result of divorce so i we had the house after the divorce but there was just some disagreement with what to do with the house so it was just decided to sell it so it could have been really stressful um but at the same time i I started thinking of well gosh if i were to buy again i don't know if i want to buy in california i want to look at other places if possible you know yeah i've been fortunate to work with a lot of single women that Mm -hmm. buy houses their first house their second house and that's really rewarding to me to see these women Mm -hmm. you know that can buy houses on their own but the majority of my clients are definitely dual income, you know? Yeah. So you need those two incomes in California to be able to buy a comfortable home. Yep. And when it does just become one person, it's easier to move out of state because yeah. you can afford it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it is expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. if you compare California to other states, I mean, you know, I, my parents bought a home back in the day in Cincinnati, Ohio, or Northern Kentucky, mm-hmm. and they bought this mansion for like 350 <laughs> And that mansion here right. would have been like $3 million, right? Yeah. Right. Technically. Yeah. So yeah. I could see people, some people are leaving because they, they definitely want the American dream. They want that house. Mm-hmm. And that's space. It's really expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking Southern California up north as well, but I think yeah. Southern California, man, especially Los Angeles, you know, in general, I mean, you've got, it's very expensive right. to buy even a one-bedroom condo. And a lot of millennials and 
you know, mm-hmm. they, they graduate, they have their first job, and they, they're still living with parents because it's still expensive. Right. They can't move out yet. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's expensive here. So, yeah, I can see how people are leaving to buy their... So you do see that then? Because yeah. even my brother, he they, they live here in Ventura County, and um, and he's retired, and his, but his wife, my sister-in-law, is still working. But they're, all, they're looking at when she retires, they're looking out of state. Like yeah. Kentucky and some, they have family there. That's the reason why yeah, too. But go to Kentucky yeah. until that the weather changes, <laughs> yeah. right? They come back. But I mean, so it is. Um, it's tempting yeah. to look at these other places, and so just yeah. a good, I guess, a good excuse to you don't get visit. The weather. <laughs> I know. True. I think I'm in Southern California for the rest of my life. I yeah. love it here. Mm-hmm. It is nice. Yeah, yeah Daniel. I, right now, he's looking at the snow. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Screw you guys." I'm doing the I'm doing the home calculator right now. <laughs> is it, right? Is it, is it, are you really going to move out here, Daniel? Uh, it's a possibility. It depends oh. on. You got to shake Robert up a little bit to make something happen. <laughs> well, we're working on it. Yeah. I hope that, or we're going to go to Boise, Idaho. Yeah. I heard that's a great place too. I haven't seen it. I but. love Boise. And buy in either place. So I have a four-acre property on 350 feet of lakefront. Hey. Six-bedroom, nine-fireplace, 6,000-square-foot home that I got all of the antiques, a John Deere Gator, a John Deere tractor, and three boats with for $250,000. What? Wow. Right? <laughs> That's what it costs to buy my house. That's crazy. Wow. That's and it's, it's, oh. it's gorgeous. Oh, I, I, I need to see that. I want to drive the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> But the point that I was trying to make, so I just did, I just did a calculation on a, on a home buying site. Mm-hmm. And to buy a million dollar property here, mm-hmm. um, it was uh, a 30 year fixed mortgage. Mm-hmm. It was $1,967,040 you paid over 30 years to own a million dollar home with $200,000 down. So you purchased, you paid 900, no, you actually paid $1,100,000 over the course of 30 years over the price of the house to borrow 800,000, which again, I'm not questioning it. It it is the American dream to own a home, but in some ways, in some income brackets, that amount of money that you're spending versus Mm -hmm. coming to you guys for your expertise into leasing a condo and saving a million one over 30 years is a calculation you nowadays need to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally true. That's very interesting. Yeah, interesting. what do you guys think about yeah. that? Yeah, good job, good Daniel. I know. Look at that D money. <laughs> I mean, there's mm-hmm. so there's ways to like shrink the amortization on your mortgage. You mm-hmm. can do like a bi monthly payment that's going to cut it off by seven years. Um, I have a lot of people that just pay every other paycheck, which which works out to be thirteen mortgage payments a year instead of twelve. Yeah. Um, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes we have death of our parents or something or something happens in life where we're going to have a large amount of money that you could either invest in another property or help pay off your property. Um, mm-hmm. That amortization is, is scary, though. Yeah. It is. It's almost like <laughs> if you could put a ton down or just, shoot, if you're lucky enough to pay in full, that would be the way to go. It's a lot of money, though. Who yeah. can only save $200,000, yeah. though? I know. That's, that's really here. hard to do. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you guys, you guys have programs that can help people with this problem that can't afford that, don't you? Mm-hmm. So I have the current people that I'm, I'm actually going to see them right after this. They're veterans. Well, they're actually active duty mm-hmm. military. So they're using a VA loan, zero down. They're gonna, their mortgage payment's going to be less than rent. Okay, so wait That's a minute. Crazy. So you can do VA loans? Mm-hmm. So I have I a mean, VA not, loan. Not me. I'm not a mortgage broker. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but, I can but you, can, <laughs> you can guide <laughs> she me She can connect that. you. Yeah. So I have a VA loan mm-hmm. that I definitely want to use. You should. Yeah, like you sooner should. than later. 
Mm-hmm. I used it, you know, years ago, and then I sold that house. Mm-hmm. But I'm in a position to to use it. My yeah. uh, parents bought something I found, and my stepdad's a VA, has a VA, and is Navy, and uses VA loan. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, he spent five hundred dollars on the appraiser because he got a closing cost. It cost him five hundred dollars to buy his home in Corona. That's, wow. The point is, it literally cost him five hundred dollars because mm-hmm. it was there's no the closing wow. costs were covered. Right. So That's it's great. An amazing and I'm a disabled vet. Yeah. I mean, I mean thank you what? for your service. Yeah. Disabled? Yeah. You didn't know that? Disabled? Yeah. Really? No, I didn't know that. That's right. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> and I'm telling the truth. Yes. Viagra oh. does not count. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've only used it once. Only once, Daniel. <laughs> Oh my God, you guys! You know when you let me borrow one. Remember that? Oh, okay. Uh, Boom! I know. All right. So if if there was one thing that everyone would benefit from knowing when they go to buy a house, because that would help cut down some stress, Mm -hmm. what would that be? Oh, there's so many things to know. Well, like like one thing, because right now, you know, we had a big scare with all the realtors getting people in trouble. And for years, I used to think realtors and lawyers were the worst profession in the world. <laughs> a lot of people do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, they still can. The buyers are able to look up on the DRE website to see if the actual person they're talking to is actually licensed. Oh, wow. Because realtors out there, there's some that are not even licensed. Some of them are not even members of the real estate, uh, board, uh, real estate board association or uh, the realtor. So the thing is, they can look everything up. Mm-hmm. And there's some people out there that try to sell and they're working under somebody else and they don't have licenses. So it's good for the buyers to look up their names and see if they actually have licenses. And that's one thing they can do to start. And they can also Google their name. Um, you know, there's so many websites now where you can, the buyers can find out more about the person's reputation, mm-hmm. you know. Well, so. that's interesting because it seems that <clears throat> most of the clients you get come from referrals. Yeah. So if someone came to me and said, hey, you know, Barbara's a realtor mm-hmm. uh, and that's my friend, I'm probably not going to look check. You right. know what I mean? I'm not going right. to go and see if there's their license. Yeah, that's how I found mine. I mean, word of mouth referral. That's I knew true. her. That's I knew her for a while. The majority yeah. of my business. And also, I don't really want to be in empty houses with strangers. It's probably not oh. the safest thing to do. Oh, yeah. right. Exactly. So. Well, exactly. Yeah. well, I think I think it goes beyond that. I think that the reason why it's such a referral based business is because, let's face it, this is one of the most important things and by far probably the most expensive and important purchase a family will make in their life. Mm-hmm. You have to trust this person, yep. you know, and, and, and so I think where you find people that excel like our two guests is because they are trusted by the first person who tells the second person and the third person right. that they have your best interest in mind. And that's where, you know, when you start spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, you want to make sure that you trust that person. And, and that has to be the reason why they're successful. Oh, I totally agree with that, for sure. That makes total sense. Yeah. You got another uh, point there, Daniel. Good job. It's like, ding! (laughs) (laughs) Having having that trust, your clients trust you. I mean, they're going to talk about you, and truly, I mean, your reputation is everything. Oh, yeah. And if you don't have that, I mean, that's it. You don't have a career in real Mm -hmm. estate. You've got to have a good reputation, a good trust factor with your past clients, and you really, you are basically, um, you are your own um, referral basis being you really are have to mm-hmm. demonstrate who you are as a realtor and then once you demonstrate that it'll snowball oh for sure yeah. mm-hmm. I agree. and this works 
the opposite end of the spectrum too, because Barbara and I never called anyone to ask about Robert before we started. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> who'd, you, who'd you hook us up with? Well, it was, a, it was supposed to just be me, but somehow. Yeah, we just we yeah, just came in. You guys in. just worked your way like, in. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Get him, Babs. That's right. Hey, so Daniel, can you see the shirt that uh, Barbara's wearing today? How can you miss it? No. It's, it's got it's got like that sparkle, uh, shiny, yes. shiny, dark skin something. <laughs> Dark yeah. and lovely. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's get back to real estate. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> okay, so in buying a home, right, I brought the question of what are some things people, it would be helpful to be aware of. When selling a home, what are some things that would be helpful yeah. for mm -hmm. people to be aware of so they can maximize their experience? Um, I mean, the first conversation I have with my sellers is it's definitely get, getting to know them, but it's making them comfortable with other people being in and out of your house, mm -hmm. you know? So I do talk about drugs. If you have drugs in the house, prescription or non-prescription, get them out. Wow. You go right there. Yeah, Cause people will steal them. Same with guns. I'm like, do you have any guns in the house? And sometimes people will laugh. And I'm like, no, like you need to tell me this because wow. we can't have that kind of stuff in the house, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Wow. Yeah. Getting people. I've never thought about oh, that. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of that's like, that's a great point. But one of the um, things that we went over and we spent a lot of time, which was great because our house sold for, I mean, above asking price right. was just the curb appeal and the interior. And already the house was nice, mm -hmm. but we spent so much time. I mean, in fact, she came and we had work days. We worked on the garden outside. We, you know, rearranged the house, reset it, staged it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we even had a video done for the house when it was put on the market. Yep. I mean, it was, yeah, it went, it literally went in 24 hours. It's a lot of work wow. for sellers. I mm -hmm. mean, it's making sure there's no breakfast dishes in the sink every day when you leave. Yeah. Work. Making yeah. Making sure all the beds are made. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like yep. all the laundry's tucked away. And have dirty so underwear in the, in the bathroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because. See, I do all that anyway. Yeah. People are going <laughs> <laughs> You're all day at work. And then your agent's going to text you, hey, right. Robert wants to see your house today at 1. And yeah, and like, like, it's got to be ready work. to go. Yeah, I'm at work. That's fine. Yeah. You can come on in. But it has to be ready. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I did in the in the sale of my last home <clears> that <throat> I had not done before, um, and, and take us through this, is qualifying the loan, the, the, the uh, uh, buyer first. Mm. Um, that really weeded it down to where I wasn't just constantly having people come in they had to have the money approved that they had to be able to get that loan mm -hmm. before they came in my door yep that's true so a lot of realtors hmm. they don't want to take out buyers they don't even know if they're qualified or not because they're the ones you know they do a lot of the work and yeah. leg work and they're looking at the properties they're spending gas money and time so 99 percent of the time they're all trained um, and they're encouraged to make sure the buyers are qualified through their in-house lender or another lender and they're usually good to go. Now, if a realtor's out there showing properties to a buyer that doesn't know if they're qualified or not, it's unfortunate because you're wasting, you could waste the buyer's time and your right, own time. Right, everyone's because time. They may not qualify for that, that amount of, of home mm -hmm. price. So yes, I agree with you. Um, they need to be 100% approved. They should be. But I think a lot of realtors by now, they, they won't waste their time showing properties to a buyer they're not sure if they're qualified or not. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. so, so in the that. world that we live in right now, you <clears throat> have a lot of people that don't look like they have the money that they have. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes they're dressed down. And Daniel and I, you know, he's introduced me to a couple of his friends that are billionaires. Yeah. And if they walked in here, there's no way you could assume they have much money at all. Based yeah. on what uh, they look like. On the, yeah. And then you the, have the Kanye West lookalikes, <laughs> right, that are walking around with the 
you know, the <laughs> shoes and they got the best car, they drive up. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure as a realtor, yeah. you must have found yourself at one time or another fall prey to someone who looked the part. And then you go down this road and find out they don't qualify for anything. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure we have. I have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, got, like I said, I've had buyers walk in, you know, everything looks beautiful, nice car, everything. They talk a lot about they have this, they have that. And then when I force them to get pre-approved, it's not that. Like how short-sighted of them. It seems like so odd that they would think that they could get past that, you yeah. know, like. I think that sometimes people believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they just like, you know, like, like we know I'll, I'll, think I'm going to will it into reality. <laughs> no, think about so, someone you and I both know that mm-hmm. comes here all the time. Mm-hmm. doesn't let me know he's coming. He just shows up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So he's got the car. Mm-hmm. He's got everything looks the part. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. but then you pull back the layers and it's not what you thought it was. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And we see that, I mean, we see that in our industry too. We Mm -hmm. see realtors that are really flashy and they have the cars and they have the purses and all this stuff and they don't own their own home. Yeah. So it's like, it's like if you worked at Toyota and you drive a Honda, it's like, wait, no, you're selling, you're selling a product to me, but you didn't even do it yourself. Yourself. See, that's hilarious what you just said. Mm -hmm. Cause, okay. So one of the things that I've always found appealing about realtors Mm -hmm. is that they come across very slick. Mm-hmm. very like <laughs> polished like they got it going on uh-huh. you know, it's like the only profession where you get their business card and it's always a good looking photo of the realtor <laughs> right <laughs> of course i mean think about I mean, if doctors did that i say that all the time you know what i mean like They're think all... about like doctors lawyers they don't yeah. have a big photo of themselves but yeah. realtors are like why do you think that is daniel like <laughs> what are they trying to hide or like what's going on <laughs> oh no you know, an image is an image, you know, and then they say it can it can replace a thousand words. Mm. Um, uh, I believe that when it comes to almost any business, but certainly um, a realtor would fall under this category. The proof is at the pump. Tell them that, you know, give them the description. The, the key to being very successful in real estate that I've learned is how good of a listener are they? Mm-hmm. If they're going to try to sell me something because they they have the you know both sides of it they're the they're the selling and buying agent and they're not listening to what i want but if i tell them the price range square footage blah, and you look at the first two houses they show you to know whether it's <laughs> they bring me into houses that may not necessarily work out but they were in my description they were listening to me mm-hmm. and if they're li- not hearing me but listening to me i think that is the art of being a successful realtor not the car not, but do they have the ability to listen eliminate things that I'm sure they'd like to sell, Mm -hmm. but really finite that search to the things that are going to make the most important person happy, my wife. Because (laughs) if mommy likes the house, there's a good chance they're going to sell it. And a good realtor knows that. That Okay, so is he, Mm -hmm. he, he's accurate then. That's true. The the wife, she's the CEO. Sorry, Daniel. (laughs) 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 She is the one that runs and decides. Makes or breaks it. And that's it. Amen. Amen. Okay, but so. no, I do agree with that point that he did talk about the listening ability to make sure you're connecting with the client. Because yeah. I know, because I worked with a different client when I bought the house, when we when we bought the house, and he was a great agent. And but the agent that I used to sell, you know, obviously she was different. But that was one thing I loved about her is just the, how much she listened and how well she wanted to. I mean, for her for her gain too to put the house in the market and make it look its best because it was. 
it's kind of hard too if you've been in a house for a long time and you're going to sell it's like you want to make sure one that looks great but then two whoever we end up choosing to buy yeah is going to do the same thing with the house it's going to take care of it it and all that works i think vice versa too when the sellers are listening to the realtors advise them yes like i had a condo that is a beautiful condo and a lot of showings when i first got the condo the listing it was a little dark and Mm. not a lot lot of light going on Mm -hmm. so i said can you just paint the walls Mm -hmm. and let's do this this you know whatever they painted the walls and i promise you we got offers within two weeks heck yeah light is everything walking in they don't want anything too dark people mm-hmm. want light and bright and painting even makes a difference oh we so, were doing a lot of that sellers were willing <laughs> to do that mm-hmm. and they were willing to work with the advice so i think it's good to both listen to each other's for needs sure and wants mm-hmm. so Good. Yeah. I mean, you get to, during the process, whether it's buying or selling, you get to know these people really well. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I was showing the same couple last night houses after work, and then I'm going to meet with them later today. And, you know, their kids are there. So I know what they do for work. Yeah. Like, you know, we met up for drinks after looking at houses last night because it was a stressful process. Yeah. So you get to you get to know people and you learn if mm-hmm. if their in-laws are going to move in with them because they're aging. Right. Or if their kids are going to go mm-hmm. away to college or if their kids are going to move back in. That's not the kind of thing that people just divulge in your first meeting. Mm-hmm. But spending time together, you do hear that. And that's right. how you get the needs and wants, you know, more more to- toned in. Mm-hmm. OK, so I pick up that you two are both great listeners. So if someone reaches out to you, they can expect to get that type of service, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Concierge. <laughs> you know, okay, I like that. But the thing is, too, as long as the sellers agree with the realtors what price you're going to list it at, mm-hmm. because I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of, you know, the sellers think that their home is worth oh. this, and in reality, it's worth that, or, you know, and that's the only thing that sometimes homes are overpriced, mm-hmm. and the appraisal didn't come in at that price, and then before you know it, you know, everybody, there's a disagreement, so it really is a lot of negotiating mm-hmm. and working with each other and the sellers you know being able to be open-minded i mean of course we, we want our homes to be worth twenty thousand more fifty thousand more than right the, you know than the other home that just sold next door right mm-hmm. our home is the best one on the block of right? course so it's really a lot of um it's compromising too with mm-hmm. realtors and sellers and as a realtor you become almost like a psychologist right mm-hmm. as you're working with these people yep. so here's the question that i have mm-hmm. and and the question is listening to Barbara talk about selling her house, people, when they're going to sell their home, it seems like they go the extra mile to get their home to look like the home they wish they had lived in. I do notice that. You follow me on that? that? It's like their house is dark, but then they meet you and they're going to sell it. Let's lighten it up. (laughs) (laughs) Or let's change the carpet and redo the bathrooms before we sell. It's Mm -hmm. like, why wouldn't you want to enjoy that? When you were there. there? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think about that too. Mm -hmm. Why people do that. Yeah. Yeah. We need to bring, yeah, we need to keep bringing that up because it says a lot about the life that we're not living, that we Mm -hmm. could be living based on our current situation. Right. And the little tweaks. Yeah, so like I could be a realtor. I think I could. I think you could. I like I like the life. You know, you have a photo on your business card. So that's all you want to do uh, it for. You go to a lot of mixers. So and you like drink, that. You drink a lot, <laughs> right? So like, but you didn't sell a damn house. house. Or at least they look like they're having fun. Yeah. I mean, a realtor, like they look like it is a fun life. It's. I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Daniel has a question. I have a question. So, knowing that. Really, you know, in most cases where it's a husband and wife or or a couple, being women uh, Mm -hmm. and knowing that ultimately that decision is more, I believe, I I agree with you, influenced by the woman. Is it to your advantage being females in this business? Hmm. I think it is. I think we're uh, much more 
um, nurturing. And we try to, you know, I think we are better, no offense, listeners. And, <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> <Just kidding>. okay. <laughs> and, um, I'm teasing. <laughs> personable sometimes. I mean, there's a lot of great realtors out there that are men. Uh, but I think that the women do have some kind of advantage of being more feminine and, of course, nurturing that we are more personable in some cases. And um, some women uh, buyers out there or even sellers, they feel very comfortable working with a female realtor more so than a male realtor. So hmm, I agree with you, Daniel. Yes, it's a See, it's you know where my mind went when Daniel brought that up? <clears throat> my mind went to the woman who's a realtor mm -hmm. that when she's walking up to the house to meet the potential client, when it's a man mm -hmm. that she wears a shirt that's a little bit more revealing. <laughs> <laughs> what? And that's, where, that's where I was going to go with it. You know, is I was with one of my male counterparts and he was like, yeah, it's so much easier for you as a woman selling houses. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of clients assume that men are going to be a little tougher and like better negotiators. They're going to get them a better deal because mm -hmm. we are softer. You know? ah, right. So I, I deal with that sometimes. Like, you know, my alpha female comes out and I have to go toe to toe. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do that with the other agent. I'm not going to do that to my client. But I, right. have to, I have to make that clear. And then same too, when, when it's a, a married couple, it's always challenging. You know, mm -hmm. it's just one woman going in and you want to make sure you talk to the wife and you know, include the wife on group text. So right. it's not, so the situation doesn't get awkward. Ooh, that can oh, get, right. yeah, it can get awkward. I can see I it. learned real quick in the business. I don't show houses and dresses because you, sometimes you're bending over to unlock the door, you know, right. All those little things. And, or you walk up the stairs for like, I learned to not They're walk like, up the stairs first, like let them go first. Just little situations oh, yeah. like that. Well, oh, I can see, I can see deals. Yeah. Go ahead, Daniel. I, 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 I was relating it more to, you know, there are certain, unsaid things in life if you're out with a, another couple let's say and you don't know the other couple well and within minutes the boys are going well yeah you know the yankees well yeah work is well. and the women are immediately locked eye to eye when they click and they're going well let me tell you something if he does one he can get real personal real because women have their own language yes. you know men mm -hmm. men are from 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 mars women are from venus mm -hmm. and women know that it's a wavelength that's different i would think that being a female in this business is more to your advantage than being being a male. Mm -hmm. I would, for that reason, that women just have a different vibration than men do. Yeah. Well, haven't you ran into situations where you have a husband and a wife, and both of you are attractive women, and the wife blocks the potential of the deal because her husband is paying a little bit extra attention to you? What's <laughs> <laughs> so funny about that? That's a good question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but if you look at the girls, they didn't put a picture on the realtor card in a thong, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the picture they chose. You know, uh, my past 16 years of real estate, for all my listing appointments or buyer consultations, dress conservatively to the max. Mm -hmm. But if that were to ever happen, I'm going to assume it's because the wife and I, or the we didn't click. You know, and it's unfortunate if, if, if she thinks that the husband or her husband or, you know, her partner is right has other is looking at me and thinks I'm very attractive. And if that's the reason why they don't hire me, it's unfortunate because, you know, um, it can happen. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. happened to me, but I'm sure it has. But I get it. Um, I think it's more of a click thing. Either she likes you or she, or, or right. she yeah. Like That's what Daniel you. was saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah you guys Just has that out. connection or feels comfortable or whatever it yeah. may be. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's so much like about real estate. It's, it's mind blowing. <clears throat> um, 
in my space of helping people with weight loss and nutrition, we have this, this procedure when I train coaches called information interview, meaning before you become what you want to become, you go interview someone who's done what you want to do. And so some people are watching and listening to this show and they're interested in becoming a real real estate agent. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask each one of you the question um, that would help those people. Uh, And we'll start with Katie and then we'll go over to Monique. And the question is, what is it like that you love about being a real estate agent? Like what can you summarize what you love about it? It's, so I love real estate for a lot of reasons, but it's a lot of problem solving. There's so mm-hmm. many different facets and you just have all this information that you need to put together and make everyone happy. I need to make my clients happy. The other agent needs to make their clients happy. And when it works, it's magical. You know, mm-hmm. like the seller's going to make some money. I get to hand my buyer the keys. It's so rewarding. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just enjoyable when, when all the pieces come together mm-hmm. and you see the fruits of your labors. So, and you get invited to the housewarming parties. It's great. Okay. So, so, but so at one point in your life, right, when you reflect back to being 12, 13, 14 years old, and you look at what you're doing today, (laughs) you would say, man, I actually am doing exactly what I wanted to do, or at least I feel like I'm doing what my calling is. Yeah. So I, I actually got invited to speak, um, at a school to high school kids about real estate and how it became a career. When I was in high school, I didn't even know this was a job. My parents didn't Mm -hmm. buy their house until I was, you know, out of the house and, I didn't know this job existed. I think kids now may know it's a job because we have all the TV shows, million dollar listing, all that stuff. Um, But yeah, I would love to teach younger kids that this is, you know, it's a good career. Mm -hmm. And you can do it when you're in college even. I wish I would have got my license when I was in college. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nice. I think it's more freedom. Uh, When I was working for a nine to five corporate, um, I would sometimes come in at six in the morning and work my butt off and you know be that awesome employee and then i'd come in at 805 and i get in trouble mm-hmm. right and then or if i'd stay late you know i wouldn't get really um awarded for that and i still get in trouble as corporate for real estate i don't have a boss my clients are my bosses but it's my freedom i can wake up either at five in the morning six or 12 noon or i can work weekends i work sundays because i do open house a lot it's they're my hours but they're mine to own nobody and it's that there's no ceiling there's no glass ceiling it's i'm basically my i'm self-employed but the beauty about real estate is one month could be completely dry and the next month you could have four deals in escrow Mm -hmm. so it's really it's it's exciting it's never boring it's it's spontaneous it's it can be random you could be not have no clients for that week and all of a sudden on saturday you meet a buyer who wants to buy tomorrow you know million dollar house or whatever so Mm -hmm. it's always on you just never know what, you know, what the next deal is going to happen or yeah. when. So it's, what the next it's exciting. Like. Yeah. It's very exciting. Well, wow. I mean, you guys, I mean, you're making me want to change careers right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, and time is going extremely fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Daniel and Barbara, I would love for you guys to think about uh, one more question that you could ask okay. our guests. Uh, and at the same time, I want you guys to think about how you want to close today. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that people uh, would benefit from knowing about you. Um, but my question, my, my <coughs> final, final question uh, for today is there was a movie, and I'm having a hard time thinking of the name of it, but it was a movie that demonstrated what took place in the real estate market um, 2007, 2008. Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, Not yeah. the Wolf of Wall Street, the one where... And which one? I've watched it many, many times. Daniel, help me out if you can. It's, oh, I know. It's they're the, all losing their homes. 
Well, it was all about, and people became extremely wealthy when you had a lot of people lose a ton of money, right? Yes. When mm -hmm. the, the the house structure or the homes, all everything just went it down. It was when the um, people were lending money, at they were doing jumbo loans or. Um, yeah. Who's in the movie? Yes. A whole bunch of really I, famous people. I can't people. even. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. The big drop or the big uh, d bang, not bang, but anyway, oh. it was all about the whole, I've been talking about it, but it was, it's fascinating to watch Let's it see. because <laughs> my concern is, would that ever happen again? Or are we now in a place where people are protected, realtors are protected, the, the there's a systematic way of you know following rules so that you can't just put anyone in a home right. with these mm -hmm. balloon payments that come up in three right, years right. that causes them to lose their homes. I don't think it's going to happen again because it was such a tragic time for a lot of people lost their homes and mm -hmm. it was horrible. But I think people learned from it and they are making sure that never happens again. I mean, prices will drop sometimes and they might stabilize. We're never going to have that bubble burst again, I don't mm -hmm. think. Um, not in California. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where um, I know we had a lot, there's a lot of fraud going on. Back a few years ago, ten years ago, a lot of fraud. People were taking advantage of people that were about to lose their homes. They were trying to do these, um, what do you call it, save your home and pay me this money and I'll. Oh, wow. right. Yeah, there's a lot it. of that going there's on. There's a lot mm -hmm. of fraud going on. So um, I just don't see and you know that happening again. I keep reading that everybody's just more uh, stricter with their home loan. You can't just roll over and qualify for a home loan just like yeah. that, like back in the day. Well, I mean, people went to jail and lending laws have changed federally because yeah. of that. I mean, mm -hmm. the housing market crashed in 2008 because the economy crashed in 2007, mm -hmm. you know? So people were making all this money and everything was going good. Mm -hmm. The financial market crashed, then people couldn't afford their homes. Right. And then they were like, whoa, then their balloon payments were due and then they couldn't sell their house. It just snowballed. Yep. So we learned so much from that. and. And the laws, lending laws have changed mm -hmm. to protect yeah. people because it put a lot of people in, in a really bad situation. Yeah, it made it was, a lot of people really rich too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of fraud. So it was a whole, it was a whole bad yeah, situation. Okay. So the people who, mm. it's kind of like when I was a little kid, uh, the way they have liquor stores now, they used to have skating rinks. They were everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it was like a bubble that took place. And then there was like only one skating rink in the whole county. right? <laughs> yeah. And we still have skating rinks, but the ones who stood the test of time, were the ones who were the most legit. Right. Yeah, and that's so true. As I look at you two, your guys you guys are thriving as a real estate agent today. You guys are legit. Thank so you, you get our stamp of approval. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I don't know if it's worth anything, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'm qualified to do anything else. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, Barbara, you have oh, so a I get question? my question. Okay, yes. So um, my question is that so real estate seems to be a very, it's a personal relationship, right? So you're working with people closely. How do you feel like you've had to change the way you've marketed or your strategy with respect to that now that social media is so powerful, like with Instagram or Facebook? Like how do you incorporate that part with, you know, working, you know, one-on-one -on -one with people? How does that, how do you mesh that? I think social media does help. I can tell you this, when I do more, um, more posts about real estate, Mm -hmm. I'm, I do catch some attention from some possible buyers or sellers. That does help. But mm -hmm. that hasn't always been my source of business. But it, is, it shows that you're working and you're producing, you're being a producer mm -hmm. and that you love what you do and you're passionate or that you're, you're enjoying what you're doing. But the referrals are past clients and your sphere of influence are truly number one. But social media has been a big help. 
because then it shows that you're actually you're busy and that mm-hmm. you're not just selling one house a year or you're mm-hmm. not retired from real right. estate even. or you're current you're just right. kind of up to you're speed active. yeah yeah yep. so i think it's i mean the realtors out there i see that they use instagram mm-hmm. a lot to you know showcase their listings and social media is in it's number one now for for a lot of realtors to showcase their listings to talk about themselves as a realtor i think it's great it's a great tool to have mm-hmm. hmm. i do yeah. too and i feel like so i went to when i first got in the business i did the social media training mm-hmm. and what I learned there is totally different than how I operate now. So yeah. they told us you need to have a business page, you need to keep your family separate, and I chose not to do that. So mm-hmm. some of my posts are about my family, some mm-hmm. are about vacations, which they say don't don't post that you're on vacation. You know, people want to see you working, and then ah. I do a lot about real estate too. So I feel like it it reminds my friends and family that I still am in this business, and it reminds my past clients because we do become friends right. that I am a mom and that I do go on vacation and I do work out. You know, and it keeps. It makes you a human, and people mm-hmm. like to see that. I think yeah. in any business, mm-hmm. just humanizing, you know, who you are mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. that's More a good relatable. perspective. I, yeah. I like that because you're right. If I was going to work with a realtor and I didn't know them, mm-hmm. I would look at their Facebook. I would look mm-hmm. at their Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to work with someone that's happy with their life, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get a glimpse, at least a glimpse. But if you know? you're constantly doing shots and you got beer like all around <laughs> you, and you know what I mean, and yeah. you're just out there, <laughs> I'm probably gonna call my buddy and go, yeah, dude. Maybe I not. mean. She seemed nice, but have you seen her <laughs> Facebook photo? <laughs> right. right. No, that was good. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Okay, Daniel, DB, what's up? DB. Well, <clears throat> one of the interesting things about being in the real estate business is it does not have the average life expectancy that many other occupations have. When I say that, I mean there are realtors that continue in the business well into their 70s with their with their base of people and mm-hmm. uh, um, and they can work well into their lifetime. With that said, trends and various things and and, and the future has to be taken in consideration. And, and and in the case that I'm going to give you now, I'd like to I'd like you to answer this question for me. Millennials are your base for the next 20 years. They are going to be the people that are buying majority, particularly first buyers in the real estate business. Mm-hmm. Millennials traditionally, I'll give an example. They want to be so involved. They have these, they have these phones and they want to call the pizza place and they want to go online and they want to say pepperoni on four slices, mushrooms on two, and they push buttons and they want to make that happen. How is the real estate business and how are you preparing yourselves now for those types of people that want to be more involved with what goes on in the construction or in that house? when they use these smartphones and these devices. <laughs> How are you preparing yourselves for the future of millennials to be your clients? Ooh, mm. So I've already been going through that because I do notice that they're, they're hands-on, they're very smart. They like to do research first before they even hire an agent. But mm-hmm. I'm finding is that a lot of the millennials, they want to do all the work. And when mm. they're ready to hire you for the paperwork, hey, I like this house, show me that house, I like it. Okay, I just need a, I just need you for the paperwork because you know <laughs> I want to write up the offer. They love to do their home search online. A lot of them, ninety percent. So I hate to. They're not weeding out realtors. They're just they don't want they don't want handholding as much. They don't mm-hmm. want us to show them properties like the old school back in the day. Yeah, they love to do things on their own. You're right, Daniel. They're very hands on. They're almost so so independent. And they're like, we don't really need you right now. I'll, I'll call you when I need you. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm seeing. Mm. And a lot of listing agents are double ending because sometimes the millennial goes straight to the listing agent on the internet. 
you know so you have that going on too so it can be it's bad and good mm-hmm. to some degree does that mean does that mean that your virtual tours and your photography and everything has to be even more comprehensive to service them while they're watching it on their computer one thousand percent yep mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. Everything i would imagine cutting so. edge yeah yep. so exactly technology. that's exactly yeah, what we did the good. virtual tour absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. oh yeah well, that was a, that was a good question, Daniel. Yeah. Every once in a while, you surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, oh, see, you now he gets to slam. I think our last interview, I got to slam. Now he's got a he gets to slam. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you want to comment any, yeah, on I, that? Yeah, I had some thoughts. I I feel like we do experience that with millennials. It's so quick. It's so easy for all of us to get exactly what we want yeah. from our phones and our computers so quickly. Um, and these millennials are kind of like the jack of all trades, master of none. We've heard that from mm-hmm. before. So I love um, meeting people and teaching and teaching them about what I do, and them then trusting me as an expert. Yeah. You know? Because you can go on a site and you can put four bedrooms, two bathrooms, but I could have a three bedroom house that has a loft that you guys are gonna like, mm-hmm. you know. But it's not gonna pop up in your search because you had these narrow parameters. So that's where. The person, the personal involvement needs to be there. It has to be a person to person. It can't just be a person to computer transaction. True. So it seems like millennials are afraid of that human interaction. <laughs> yep. It's uh, whereas I look at my daughters, which they're Generation Z, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I can see they're going to just be a like bionic. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like like they're literally coming out and growing up with the with the yeah. screens. And yeah. this ability to communicate mm-hmm. is different than the millennials. Yeah. And I just feel like they are just going to, they're going to change the world, man, yeah. in a big way. Very true. So well, your daughters, your daughters and my daughters probably in a day communicate more than you and I do in two months when they get on the <laughs> phone. Yeah. But they couldn't really make it. They couldn't ask an artist to do a, 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 a proper rendition of them w- with a drawing. Because they really still don't even know what each other looks like, but they spent hours communicating. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. So, so Daniel's daughters and, and my daughters together, they're 9, 10, 11, and 12. Oh, wow. oh cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, his, and, and Daniel introduced my kids to TikTok. Oh. So I'm still frustrated about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they love it. They love some TikTok, let me tell you. But this whole world, I mean, I, I would love to have an ongoing conversation about the world of real estate. I really would Anytime. because it's so fascinating to me. It's multi-dimensional. It's like it can change every day. And it seems like when real estate is going well, the economy is going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems that um, you don't have the fluff that we had, you know, 10 years ago in real estate. And that, like you said, the people who are realtors now are really walking this professional line. And, and it's, it's quite impressive. Uh, oh, can I throw in one more question? Yes. Yeah. Okay, girls, so tell me this. Robert brings up a really, and I'm not trying to sway this show into a, a political statement, but he brings up a very poignant thing. It seems as though the economy, you know, is reflected by the real estate market, which is a, a, a kind of a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. So since this president, is your business better? They reluctantly are about to say yes. <laughs> I've been hearing that since Donald Trump became president, stocks are better, money's better, employment's better, which I, I can see. But yeah, real est- to me, real estate's been the same even before. I mean, I'm always helping the first-time home buyers that are 
you know, um, qualify up to a certain amount with 2% yeah. down, 0% down as well. Um, I, th- I honestly, I think real estate's always moving and shaking regardless of which president, mm-hmm. you know, we have. So no, no change since the Trump administration in your, in the real estate. I think it's good. It has got, has not gotten worse, but I think it's, oh. it's, I'm sure he, he probably has helped indirectly because, you know, like I said, the stocks, you know, the 401ks, the pensions, everything's gotten better. Right. And so of course people, that helps people be able to afford to buy what they want to buy in general. So I started in this business seven years ago, and they say that it takes five years to really be to sustain in this business. So I've had a great past two years, but I think that's just because it's on. I'm on my timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So and in California, it's just a different beast. It's a different beast than other places in the U.S. So well, it's interesting as you guys are answering that question, because like I have a cousin who is pro pro um, like Obama, Democrat, Hillary Clinton. Right. And Trump could save his life, and he couldn't look at Trump and say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I heard, I heard, I've heard of that too from other people. (laughs) So, So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, would it would it hinder your potential of selling homes if you were to say right now, "Hey, Trump's been good to me." Probably. You always want to stay neutral. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I I can have those conversations with my girlfriends over wine or with my family over Thanksgiving, but it's not one of those things that I'm going to talk about with my clients. And if people try to come in my house and say good stuff, (laughs) yeah, it's not happening. You got to say it to Trump. (laughs) Yeah. It's it, it can be controversial because you know you have a lot of clients that don't like him and some do and so you don't you'll definitely don't want to talk politics yeah. in front of in, clients mm-hmm. anybody. Well, that's I mean it's, that's <laughs> really interesting because uh, if you were to go on Facebook and just start sharing your political views, yeah. it would alienate Heck certain yeah. people They'd from be like fired. With yeah, people <laughs> oh, yeah. do that, and I'm like, why would you? Yeah, you like, do that. Shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a cousin who's a you know, wonderful, he's brilliant, he's successful, but he just has his opinions, and he put something about Donald Trump on my page, but just funny, it was like a funny, funny joke, and I had people messaging me. Heck they yeah. thought it was me, I go, he tagged me, he's just on my page, but oh. you know what I mean? So I was like, I don't know, but it's very, very sensitive, so yeah. I stay away from politics. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you know, uh, Daniel, like, not long ago, about a year ago, uh, Donald Trump uh, pardoned Jack Johnson, who was the first african-american to win the world heavyweight title and he pardoned him because back in the day uh if you were with a white woman and you drove across state line then that was that was illegal Mm. and so he ended up doing a year and a half his title was stripped he did a year and a half in jail because he was in the car with this this white woman and he at the time he was he was beating everyone he was the man Mm -hmm. and so trump said hey that was wrong and he pardoned him, erased that, and they had a big ceremony, people in his family, you know, blah, blah, they all came in. Lennox Lewis, some former champions were all there. And so I go on Facebook and I go, hey man, thanks oh. Trump. Oh my God, Uh-oh. <laughs> all kinds of like you know, as, as a boxing fan in that space, I go, to me that's just obvious. Yeah. Hey, good job Trump, appreciate it man, awesome. Nope. Oh man. Oh wow, I can imagine. <laughs> the messages that I got I bet. from people I thought I was really cool with, Ugh. they could not believe wow. I posted that. Oh yeah. Were you scared to go outside? Yes. <laughs> I'm serious. I got like messages, people long like, you know, 
pages yeah I mean, telling so, me how bad I was and they couldn't believe that I would do something like that I'm like what did I do all I did was acknowledge well, what he did some people are, can be really emotional about it you yeah know? That it was a trigger well, I haven't done like that them. since let me tell you <laughs> lesson learned baby yeah. well I just want to say thank you guys for giving us your time we appreciate it Absolutely. yes thank you uh, we've made your information available for people to contact you thank and follow you, you. Yeah. and uh, we definitely would like to have you back wonderful we'd love yeah. to be back any final words, Daniel? Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Barbara? Nope. Thank you. All right. As always, you guys, peace, love, and stay healthy.